Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars, creators, and industry leaders keeping theater alive and bringing performance to your screens during the pandemic on Broadway, on Netflix, and around the world. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to Ashley Park. She's been a Broadway favorite ever since she originated the role of Gretchen Wieners in the musical Mean Girls, and more recently, she starred in Best Wall's comedy Grand Horizons, which closed just a couple of weeks before the COVID-19 pandemic shut down Broadway. Because of the shutdown, we didn't get a chance to see Park play the title role in Thoroughly Modern Millie, in a city center encore's production scheduled for May, but now postponed. This fall, however, we can catch up with her in Emily in Paris, the new Netflix series from Darren Starr, the creator of Sex and the City and Younger. The show centers around a young American expat, played by Lily Collins, and the people she meets in the City of Lights, including Park's character, Mindy, living as an au pair in Paris and trying to break free from her overbearing family back home to realize her dream of becoming a singer. Which means that yes, there will be singing. Park is in the virtual studio with me to tell us about what it was like living and working abroad in the before times, how she and her collaborators hope to make Millie a show for everyone, and why she thinks Darren Starr is a lot like Stephen Sondheim. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for joining me. 
Hi. Hi, Gordon. You had finished up Grand Horizons just a couple of weeks before the pandemic. I believe we were, maybe us and Laura Linney, we love her, mm-hmm, um, right. were the last two shows to have an official closing on Broadway before everybody shut down. And how was the experience of working on Grand Horizons? Did you enjoy it? Oh my gosh, the best. It feels like a fever dream now, you know, <laughs> um, also because we all got very sick during it. <laughs> but right. um it no, it just was, sick, just normal sick. Not, I mean, not COVID sick. I don't want to start any rumors or anything like right. that. I, I've never had a flu that bad in my life, and neither right. did you know. But what's what's crazy is actually the two people who um, didn't get whatever illness was going around mm. backstage was James Cromwell and Jane Alexander, the right. two eighty year olds. So yeah, um, yeah okay. they are strong as ever. But um, <laughs> no, Grand Horizons was just the the greatest gift, and I, you know, I started with it at Williamstown. Um, last summer. And, um, you know, it was my first play that I've ever done straight play. And um, I, throughout this, that past year, I I felt, feel like I really came into my womanhood personally as well. Um, So it was a really fascinating role to play. And also the last thing I played on Broadway was, was a high schooler, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. uh, If you enjoyed being in a straight play, you know, without the musical elements. Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. And, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, I, well, you know, I, I think a lot of people when I did this play were like, Oh, do you like singing or dancing or acting better? Do you like one or the other? And I feel like for me, what I love about musicals is, you know, for me, there's no singing or dancing without the acting. It's always the storytelling first. Um, And so I think I found, I hesitate to use the word freedom, but I found a lot of freedom in doing a straight play and mm. especially one that is, it was only seven people on the stage. And the most people that were in the scenes that I was in were five people and you're with, you know, some of them, like the most magnificent actors. And I just learned so much and, you know, to really, that play was based on the relationships and like the growth of the people in it and not really based on any like exterior forces really. So um, I, it made me really excited to do a musical again now with like this new tool set that, you know, Bess Wool and that Lee Silverman, like she really helped me grow. I, I, I told her, one day I was like, I feel like I owe you and like everybody in this cast. I might have said this to everybody. I was like, I feel like I owe you guys tuition for like my master's degree. <laughs> because I really just did learn so much while doing it. And I felt very honored to be able to be entrusted with this and Best Wool's Broadway debut too. So it was just yeah. the best. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were all ready to do another musical. Um, Thoroughly Modern Millie was supposed to happen in May. And then of course, you know, nothing happened in May. So, um, right. but that was the thing that all of us were, I think, really looking forward to, not only to see you in the role, but also just to see what you and your collaborators would do with this, including Lauren Yee, who was taking a look at the script. Like, what were you guys going to do with this show that has some like problematic elements in its source material that needs to be needed to be dealt with, right? Yeah, yeah. I was um I, I was actually just on the phone with Leah de Bessonet. Oh yeah, who was going to direct it? Yeah, yeah and it, um, she's going to be the new um, artistic director of Encores. Right. Um, it was kind of her launch into it, and um, you know, we hadn't talked in a few months, and I'm first of all, thank you so much for saying that. I I found it was interesting at the beginning of all this, I was very much the person who was like, oh, guys, this is very serious. We're going to postpone this, right? We're postponing this. And I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, Ashley, I'm so heartbroken for you. And what really moved me the most was how much so many people 
um, were bummed that they weren't going to be able to see it. Or, you know, so many mm. people were excited about this production of it. Yeah. And so that's what made me um, sad was not that I was not going to, I think, you know, I, I have full confidence that we're going to be able to do this production in some way because the changes that we were making were really, really, um, really profound, I think. And, mm. and, and interesting because, you know, I we had a couple of meetings um, just like table work and stuff just with um me and lauren yee and janine and dick and lear hmm. um dick scanlon and janine to and also how crazy that you know i i grew up listening to that cd like right. in my car in high school i wore it thin i think and i just still geek out that they are so they were so they are so willing hmm. to make this a show that that so like everybody can do right now, you know? So anyway, so I just remember sitting at that table and when I was talking to Lear last week, I was like, you know what, especially with all that's happened and all the different chapters of this quarantine, that was a very clear example for me way before anything came to the surface um, of true allyship hmm. and true, because things were being brought to my attention that I didn't even realize that I had become, um, numbed with or like a little complicit and definitely just in ways that they are handling certain like sexist and racist things in the show you know and so I, I like for example one of the big things yeah. was the, one of the first things they said was you know this is not a colorblind Millie and I was like wait what but it is you can't are we are we looking at each other what's what's up <laughs> and they're like no this is we want to do um it was the first time I had thought of color conscious hmm. casting. So, you know, me, my debut was Mamma Mia, and then I did Cinderella. And, you know, so many shows when I was coming into this industry, when I graduated from college, were colorblind casting was like the big thing, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, how amazing. We've like knocked down this like huge wall where it's like the colorblind means there is no color, there is no race, everyone's one thing, or you're blind to it. And what they were saying is, Millie, I'm going to be a Korean American woman in the 1920s trying to move to manhattan and we're not going to be blind to what that experience what how that shapes millie's experience right. you know and so um i do believe that like we're actually going to be sharing a lot of the the, the small things that we um but i mean i am such a geek when it comes to this stuff with like book work and um right. delving into a script and a character and you know why would she say this or why would she they say that or you know if she comes into this hotel and there's two other asian people there are they not going to be like hey what's up what kind of asian are you you know right. <laughs> right you mentioned that you were familiar with thoroughly modern millie even before all this and had it struck you as racist or problematic before this um of course, you know i did it in high school um oh. it was the show that i what role did. did you play did you play millie i played millie yeah, wow. um and you know when lear approached me about this new concept of Millie and about me playing the part, I asked her, I was like, did you know that I played this in high school? It was three months after I was um, released from the hospital after my cancer treatment. Mm. So it was kind of my... Um, and where was high school for people who don't know? Um, Ann Arbor, Michigan, at Pioneer yeah. Theater right. Guild was my public high school's theater program. Yeah. Um, you know, I wore wigs made out of my own hair that wow. from my cancer treatment, you know? And yeah. so uh, in that, that role for me, you know, after through that experience was kind of when I was like, Oh, 
you know, and as I reflect on it now, that was when I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I love leaving behind this sick person that I am right now and putting on a wig and putting on some tap shoes and like being another person. And there's, you know, the reason we all love Millie so much. And when Sutton Foster played her too, there's nobody with that much gumption and that much, you know, ambition, but like heart and everything. And so I felt like it was just such a release. And I, um, so that, that was really kind of my path into recognizing that it's something that I wanted to do. Cause I didn't even know what Broadway was in high school. I really thought Broadway was like a building that like shows <laughs> did stuff. In. Like I had no concept of, yeah. and you know, it was just something. And I loved musical theater so much starting in middle school that I figured that it's definitely not work because it's so fun. Mm. So I had no idea, you know, so anyway, so I had familiarity with the, the part and it's interesting what, um, you know, Dick and Janine explained, um, not that they were making any excuses, but they were saying, you know, when they originally wrote it, it was for a New York audience and they made the, you know, Mrs. Mears is an antagonist. Like she's, there's no redeeming quality about her. She's a bad person and she's come to that for some reason. But, um, and so if she's doing yellow face, their reasoning was that that's bad. That's not good. And that's why they tried to put in two characters who were of Asian descent, one of them who ends up being a love interest at the end, you know, there's a dog again. Um, But but, so that was, but then when she released these rights to high schools who were doing in what state in the middle of the state, you know, then you're perpetuating something without meaning to. So that's, I mean, that was a conversation that was so we are having already in Mm. such an in-depth and a very um, sensitive way. And then, you know, the BLM start, you know, so I'm so, I'm so, so, grateful for um those conversations and that are continuing to happen too yeah well we look forward to millie when it uh when it happens yeah Um, they definitely had a different take on what mrs mears all of that it it was going to be very different and i think i mean you know we we didn't get to announce the rest of the casting that's what also was sad for me because i knew who the rest of the cast was going to be so it just felt like ashley parks millie was canceled i was like no it was all of our (laughs) you know and i want everyone to be excited about the people they cast but yeah right Right. yeah um let's talk about emily in paris um so first of all how long were you in paris where did you stay who did what did you fall in love with what what was it like yeah oh my gosh it was it's so it's so fun to be able to talk about it right now because it was the time of my life, you know. Um, what was interesting in talking about Grand Horizons earlier was I did Grand Horizons in Williamstown. I had no job lined up after that. I had bought a one-way ticket to meet up with my friend Jonalyn, who I'm staying with in Italy. She was going there with her sister. And I was like, I'm going to pack a carry-on. I want to go to Italy. I don't have the job lined up. It's fine because I had left Mean Girls at this point to kind yeah. of do other stuff. And so, and I knew that, um, by that point, Williamstown, we knew that we were doing the show later that year. Um, so I was like, great, I'll have a few months off. And then it was actually opening night of Williamstown that oh, I got a, that Darren Starr called me personally to talk about a couple of things with the character was, it, you know, um, and I was like, what is this happening right now? What's ha- <laughs> I'm like, Gordon, I constantly, my life, you can ask everybody. I'm constantly like, am I being punked? <laughs> am I being punked? Like, even when I'm in a show. Hmm. until we've done the cast recording at any second, I'm like, I won't be surprised if you're like, you're actually being punked. You're not actually graduated right now. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I keep myself, you know, fresh and insane. But anyway, so 
during the four months right between Williamstown's Grand Horizons and then Broadway's Grand Horizons was my Paris time. And it worked out perfectly in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that's also another fascinating thing about playing Jess in Grand Horizons and Broadway after was that I was coming back to the same character, but with a different actor playing my husband, Mm -hmm. a different actor playing my brother-in-law and my uh, parents-in-law and, um, and I was a different person because I had just experienced four months. I'd never, I, something I'd always wanted to do in college or, you know, ever was study abroad. And yeah. because of um, being sick in high school and stuff, it just never kind of panned out in a safe way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, in Paris, I didn't realize until I went there, it was my first time ever there. Oh, wow. And I was like, this is, this, this is my soul sister city. Yeah. I had no idea. Like my like everything in my life, everything about the things that I enjoyed, everything made sense. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting about the show was that I'm so excited for people to watch it because I think it's super genuine because our joke was that Emily in Paris, like it was Ashley in Paris because everything that <laughs> Emily goes through, I was experiencing in real time kind of, right. Right. Um, yeah. which was so fun. And, you know, another fun thing was that for me, um, coming from the theater world and coming from, you know, like I, I, I cherish my friends so much. And it was also the first time that I had, um, I'm so grateful for the, the way that my, um, jobs have lined up, but I, I, it was my first break from really doing it eight shows a week. Um, and it was my first time really away from that Broadway bubble, but I was like everybody that I know, if you've ever wanted a free Airbnb in Paris, you can come stay with me. Like <laughs> I may be filming and may not be able to hang out, but you've, you, you know, and I think it was Jesse Tyler Ferguson who mm. uh, at one point was like, Ashley, do you just have like a revolving door? What's happening? Cause I, you know, like I, once I got and fell in love with the city, I wanted everybody I, you know, I love and to who I know to experience mm. it. And it kind of turned the whole Emily Paris casting crew into this like wonderful family um, that I, I guess is not as common in TV shows and films sometimes just because of the way that sets work at everyone's different places. Mm-hmm. But um, that's all I know. Coming yeah. from theater. It's like, we're all in a rehearsal space from 10 to six every day. Even if you don't have a scene with someone, you're in that same building with them four right. hours, eight times a week, you know? So like, yeah. anyways, Paris is the best. I'll have more with Ashley right after the break. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now, here's more with Ashley Park. And is the crew, were the crew international, as international as sort of the cast? Like, was what was the, the sort of backstage team like? So everybody was French. Except Everybody's for right. okay. me and Lily Collins Excellent. and then the writers. Right. Um, we had an amazing um, writing team. And then yeah. um, the directors and wow. everybody else, all of the crew was mm. French, um, which I loved. You know, one of my first lines in the show is 
you know, French people are so mean, you know, but I <laughs> was like, I feel bad because the French people were so nice mm, yep, to me, yep. you know, and um, almost to the point where I was like, I should be better at French now. Also, because I took it for like six years in like middle school wow. and high school, but yeah. I, you know, but I, I like, they wouldn't even let me try French because everybody was trying to speak English to me, you know, but um, they were just so lovely. I will say though, like our first camera test. Mm. me and Lily went and you know they were pointing the cameras and we were in our first costume they were testing lighting and stuff on us and then they said action and then someone was like okay say coupe coupe and I was like coupe as in t I hadn't heard that since ballet and I mean right. oh yeah right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, and I was like oh my gosh are you guys gonna be saying like everything in French because I'm not gonna like stop acting like can you, are you guys going to say cut and action? Like, I'm not going to know. So that was like a fun little, you know, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's such a thing that like Emily would have experienced too. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Darren Starr, who is, I mean, kind of a big deal, right? Like he the hugest has, deal. He's created more than one sort of generation, generationally important TV show. And I'd sort of forgotten this. Like, yeah, he's the Sex and the City guy, which we all sort of think of him as. But back when I was in high school, a little show called Beverly Hills 90210 was coming yeah. out, right? Yeah. And then younger, more recently, like, was, did you know his work and is it, did it feel personally meaningful to you at all to be working with him on one of his projects? Oh my gosh, of course. I mean, Sex in the City, you know, I, Darren really shaped how an entire generation of women, like I, I didn't even know like what New York City was like or like what different kinds of relationships were like, you know, like especially mm -hmm. in like me and Lily, like our age of girls like came up being like, oh, those are the that's what a woman is or like, that's what a woman goes through. Like what is, and you know what I love about Darren's work too. Um, I mean, is, you know, I, I kind of call him and nobody else would get this reference, but you is like the Sondheim of TV writing. What I yeah. find so prolific about Sondheim's work, yeah. especially when it comes to women writing yeah. for women is um, the, just the nuance and the complexities and the flaws he gives women mm -hmm. in order to like be able to shape these amazing characters and have them actually find themselves or find somewhere to go, you know? And I think that Darren does that for his female characters. He doesn't write what women should be and shows them what they should be doing, um, but allows for these characters to find growth and like discovering the kind of woman they want to be or like what they could be. Um, and I'm really excited for this. I mean, I think that's what was so meaningful to me too, is, you know, um, you know, growing up sex in the city, I saw four white women right. and how they navigated the city. Yeah. Um, and that still was so impactful for me to watch how women navigate their lives. And it really was profound to me. So I am so excited and honored that an entire generation of girls may, you know, grow up in, kind of find their way the same time as Mindy and Emily do. Right. Um, but with someone who looks like me as yeah. an example for them, you know, kind of going through the the hardships and like the fun of Paris too um, right. for them. Yeah. Yeah. And and you get to sing delightfully. I know. Yeah. When is this coming out? Will the oh, show this show already come out? It's actually going to come out. It will have come out. So uh, <gasps> okay, great. Yay! Yeah. yeah. Biggest. That's like one of the top three secrets. They must do. Oh, is that you singing? Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, all know? right. Well, they're singing. Yeah. Yes. No, because it comes later, and and you know what was? I think that's what was so amazing too. Is Darren's so great at um, 
he is so good at making these colorful characters, but really writing for, you know, he, he's so, he's a master at casting. I think mm. like when you see the show, every person is just perfectly cast, but it's also kind of like a, it's cyclical because they're also perfect because at a certain point, the writers and Darren are kind of shaping the characters after the people yeah. they cast, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that was one I, of my questions actually was yeah. how much, did you have an opportunity to, you know, give input on who Mindy is and how she sort of evolved as after you were cast? Right. Um, well, I think when I when I got the audition and everything, there was only the, only the pilot was okay. yeah given to me. I didn't even get the whole pilot. I think I think I just got my scene, you know. Um, and what I think and I think what it was is helpful in this part of the process in that part of the process is the fact that a lot of the shows that I've done on Broadway were revivals and even Mean Girls, I kind of consider a revival because it's a beloved character yeah. and you're kind of putting your own stamp on it. So for me, I'm, I never, I, I love being an, like an actor that um, directors and writers would love to work with, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I'm, I mean, that's part of what's so sad about right now with the quarantine. Like I yeah. love collaborating so much. So for me, whenever I come into a project with, creators who are as smart and as experienced as Darren, you know, I don't question them ever. And I really trust them. And um, so for me, like the first episode or two was really about understanding what their vision of the character would be. And, but in getting to know me, even our first conversation over the phone, there are cer certain attributes of the character and stuff that we were playing with at the very beginning. Um, that I felt strongly about either way, you know, so it was, it was very, very collaborative. And I, um, the singing wise, I, um, it, it, you know, that part comes in the second half of the show. Yeah. And when I love, and well, I got a call from Darren after our first table reading, I was on my way to the camera test and I had mm -hmm. one of our drivers, they're all French. Um, her name was <laughs> Julie. And yeah. I got a call from Darren Starcell and I was like, Oh my God, you know, I'm always thinking yeah. I'm punked. I'm like, here I am in Paris. We just drove out of the Apple Tower. I'm going to my first camera test and I'm fired. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to fire me. So I literally said that to this French lady and we weren't even like that close to it. I was like, I'm fired. And she was like, c'est quoi? And I was like, this is fine. And so I picked up and, you know, Darren, sweet, sweet, sweet man was like, hey, Ashley, I want to ask you, you know, as we are starting to think about the you know other episodes because I think we'd only they'd only really written the first block of them and um, he was like would you mind if we wrote in singing for you because he had seen me in Mean Girls and um you know I'm so grateful for that too you know and and right away I think my heart like skipped a beat because I was like oh my god I would love I, you know I I love singing I love yeah. expressing myself that way but the one thing I did say was I was like if it's story driven yes. Like, I don't want a gratuitous, oh, they let Broadway Ashley Park sing a song. Oh, they, you know, they cast right. her because she can sing. That character had to sing. I was like, I I really, and not even story-wise for the character, but if it's going to propel one of, like, her relationship with Emily or really, um, you know, singing, I think, is the most vulnerable thing a performer can do. Yeah. Really, you know, it's you're opening up a part of yourself that you have very a different kind of control on, and it's part of your heart. You know, you sing with emotion. So, I was like, you know, I think that's it's part of the reason I, I loved my song "What's Wrong with Me" and Mean Girls. It was mm -hmm. a musicalized part of the show where people were like, "Oh, we're seeing a, a, a more emotional. It, it's moving me in a different way than maybe the character might have 
without the song, you know, because it's just it's music. So I was like, if if it can do that for the character and if it could help the story in some way, I'm all for it. Otherwise, like, I don't want to just be, you know, and um, you know, I'm watching the season back and so I'm and especially now that I, you know, when I first saw like the episode eight with the chandelier and stuff, I mm -hmm. Cause you know, how many times have I performed? I was talking to my mom about this, actually. I was like, you know, I've, at this point, I'm so grateful that I've been able to perform for thousands upon thousands of live audience members. And like, even like the uh, King and I that I did at Lincoln Center, yeah, you know, right. I wasn't in the PBS broadcast of it cause I didn't do it in London. Um, so those over maybe almost 500 shows that I did of yeah. that production there's just no proof of it right. and not that you need proof and that's the beauty of theaters everyone's mm. there at that moment and that's what you're doing but i couldn't believe like, i'm about to get emotional right now thinking about it mm. but like you you can tell i think when you see a movie or a tv show you can tell when the people behind the camera and creating it love the person that they're kind of putting on the screen a little bit yeah. um and the way that they filmed the singing stuff and the uh, the way that they let me just be myself um and let mindy be herself and you you get to see i love it so much because the whole first part of the series is her kind of being emily's pillar of support and right. having everything figured out she's a year ahead of her you know in terms of being in paris and like she laughs off everything with humor is comforting calls her out all this stuff but it's when she starts the singing storyline develops that you really see where she's hurting and like her her journey that she has to do too and emily gets to help her with that as well so i mean it's the most beautiful i'm so touched the way that they filmed it and the way that they let me do that and i'm so glad that my like grandma gets to see it you know like yeah. who wouldn't be able to if it was in a theater show you know so right right yeah and it seems like you have a regular role throughout the show in the first season but it feels like by the end of the second season that uh mindy is going to be sort of even more of a regular presence oh, yeah we were yeah. i'll never forget when we when we got this script and we were reading the you know those that final scene yeah. or whatever when i move in and we yeah. were, <laughs> it was actually luca bravo who plays mm. um, gabriel and he's like yeah i don't know what kind of mess we're gonna get into our <laughs> neighbors you know because <laughs> yeah. It's also funny because you know that like Mindy is off like sleeping with people, partying up with her other Paris friends. And this is just like a percentage of her, you know, but I love that. It's kind of, it's very synonymous to me and Lily. Like we both had our own lives and our own friends and everything. And when we found each other, we're like, oh, you fit. You are exactly what I needed in my life and what I wanted. And like we 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 filled a part of each other's like heart and friendship in a way that like, it's not that it was lacking ever, but we were like, oh, I know exactly you know where you belong in my life and um i feel like that's the same with emily and minty like they have their own lives but they they are so meant to be together and to be friends and sisters but yeah i mean what's hilarious too like some behind the scenes is that like i, I mean i don't even have seen i don't have a single scene with samuel arnold mm -hmm. um and with with any of the office people i never meet them right. and then with gabrielle I'm, I, and like Camille, I have like maybe two scenes. I was, but I like Samuel and Luca literally like stayed in my apartment with me for the last month of shooting. Like we were all so close right. and we think it's so funny that we never had scenes together, but that's right. such a, that's the theater world, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and so what, are you able to work on anything now these days? Now, as people start to think about kind of returning to work these days, you know, some movies yeah. are starting to go into production and TV and stuff. What, are, are, have you been able to work on anything or will you be able to coming up? 
you know, I've been kind of developing a couple series with some producer mm. friends um, cool. and also just giving myself a break. I don't think my, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I was towards the beginning of quarantine. I was like, you know what, if I had done Millie at the time that I was going to be done, mm. I, I would have absolutely done it and given it my all. And like the adrenaline would have gotten me through the however many weeks of encores, but right. I'm so, I'm so excited to be able to do something with my body having been rested now. Like my, my muscles, I mean, I, I still have injuries from knee rolls, you know? Right, and yeah. So like, I, I think I've just been trying to be better about, you know, doing yoga and like reading and um, really being mindful of like what, the, what is happening in the world um, trying to get people to vote, you know? So like, that's yeah. really where my focus has been. And, you know, and of course there's always people, you know, we're all trying to, you know, it goes in waves of developing and stuff. And, um, yeah. How do you, what are your hopes for, uh, Broadway and the theater industry specifically after all this, as you mentioned, there's so much going on right now, you know, with the, the presidential election and the yeah. racial justice and all that stuff. What, yeah. what do you look yeah. forward to coming back? I mean, I don't think there's going to be a coming back in any way unless um, we get Biden and Kamala in office, um, yeah. like very seriously. But I, um, my hope is that, you know, to be very frank with you, I was feeling myself getting very, very drained from um, the, you know, the plethora of like Zoom readings. And it sounds ungrateful because I was so grateful to be asked to do you know, various projects and, you know, everyone's trying to find a way to continue art at this time. Right. And I love that. And I'm so inspired by that, but I found myself becoming personally drained and losing hope because I was like, are we, because I believe that New Yorkers and artists and especially theater people are the most adaptable and the mo they can find a way to do a huge show in a black box theater without any money. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we know how to get scraps and figure out a way to do it. And my, I was starting to get sad because I was like, oh my gosh, are we going to adapt and then it will never, we're just going to be okay with this. We're going to be okay with doing musicals over Zoom and all of this stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So, and, you know, for a, a couple of things, you know, because I've, I've been involved, I'm a Make-A-Wish ambassador now, and I've been involved with a, a couple of charities that I really care about throughout this time. Um, but some, especially um, some things that I've asked for like performances, you know, or I, I found myself not being, uh, hesitant or wary to do them but like I've maybe had like two meltdowns with Lee Silverman on the phone with me being like I like her being like I'm here I'm going to direct you like I miss having a director mm. I don't want to set up all the, I don't want to self-tape performances that are yeah. going to go out there on the internet like for me I love interacting with people in person you know and that's even if that's not the case like I don't have to put myself in the position where performing would be hurtful for me you know right. um so yeah. i think that like you know that all of those people the directors the camera like i i hope that those jobs are not um kind of pushed aside and like um i'm i am hopeful for theater i think that there was a lot of archaic systemic parts in every facet of the theater especially commercial theater because you know, everywhere I've been actually like, you know, the, the family that I'm staying with, they're part of this um, community theater um, in Thousand Oaks, the Camille players. And like, just the, that, that feeling that we all had as like kids and in community theater and 
paying to go to college just to like learn more about theater, like that magic. Um, sometimes the only place where sometimes that is lost a little bit is in the commercial theater. So, and I'm hopeful that that won't be the case and that, but also like all of the things that, you know, there has to be, there has to be um, changes made, especially in terms of racial inequality and all of this 1000%. But these changes like have to be implemented like in, like in living time and in person with the things, you know, I, I feel, I feel for all the, you know, a lot of theaters I think right now have um, hired, especially women of color to be in big positions. And I, you know, I, you know, and I'm, I'm very hopeful for all of that, but I'm also like, damn, you're going to make these women do this when it is, when it's, nobody wants to be in charge of trying to get a theater to stay afloat right now. And it's going to be their job. And then it's going to be their fault. I hope, I hope, and I think I, I'm, and I, I think it is the case that they will be supported in this, yeah. but so I'm, I'm constantly hopeful and constantly like fired up. Um, yeah. And I'm very, very grateful that um, I'm, I'm just like, I, I can't believe that I get to be maybe a part of this conversation at this time. And not that I have like a say or like a, you know, or, or that people should listen to me, but that um, just in doing my work as best as I can, m maybe it gives people the tools th for the conversation and the actual changes that need to happen. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Also looking ahead, you've played, if in addition to Millie, are there musical theater roles that are on your list of things to play? Oh gosh, I am, I'm attached to a few things, but I don't know if I should oh, be allowed to okay. say that right now. Um, All right. I, well, you can say you're attached. You just might yeah. not be able to tell us what, what they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attached to a few theatrical things. I think my, you know, I did, I enjoyed the medium of doing Emily in Paris so much. Mm. Um, film and TV. And um, I, I, I loved the specificity and technicality and there's no hiding. You have to be genuinely there in your eyes, you know, in, in every part of it. And I, I really, I really enjoyed that. And I feel like I, I learned from that and doing the plane. So I'm very personally interested in um, continuing and maybe exploring like film opportunities yeah. and that, cause I, I only think it'll help in, um, going you know going back to the theater as well um in my craft there um but i if there was a musical okay so this is my like dream musical i yeah. want them not that i would do a movie musical again, but um if they could do miss congeniality the musical and i could play sandra bullock's part because that's the best and like like taylor swift could write the music or like helen park or something like that yeah. Yeah. um i would like that that'd be fun for me Broadway, let's make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing you in Millie and Miss Congeniality and whatever else. Uh, <laughs> as long uh, as I can keep making, I like making yeah. people laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And cry. Um, yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for talking to me, Ashley. It was great to chat with you. Um, me too. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, Gordon. That was Ashley Park, now starring in the new Netflix series, Emily in Paris. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe and find past episodes there and on all the other pod places, including Spotify, 
and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.